Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. This episode is brought to you by Love Me Free, a monthly box delivering practical self-care for the everyday mom. It's a perfectly curated selection of premium products sourced from other women-owned businesses. We all want to shop small, but often it's a lot easier to add to cart on Amazon than put the time into finding and ordering from small brands. Consider this your easy monthly way to support women-owned businesses while receiving self-care items for yourself, all picked out by a fellow mom who does all the research for you and makes sure they're great items from wonderful brands that we want to support. Plus, your subscription comes with an online community of new mom friends with virtual events and more fun stuff. Right now, there are special Mother's Day boxes available too. Check out lovemefreemovement.com to order a one-time box or to sign up for a monthly subscription. And you can get 15% off your first month with code QUOTABLE. That's Q-U-O-T-A-B-L-E. So go to lovemefreemovement.com to check it out. Hi, I'm so happy to be here today with Shannon Lore, the founder of Factory 45, which looks really awesome. And I'm going to let you explain about it, Shannon, but thank you so much for coming on here today. I'm really excited to hear about all these things that you have going on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So start by telling us what factory 45 is and how you started it, I guess, basically. And then, and then we'll dive into a lot more um, specifics from there. Sure. So Factory 45 is the business program for fashion entrepreneurs. It is part accelerator program and part mastermind program for people who want to start sustainable and ethical fashion businesses. So what happened was back in 2010, I was starting my own sustainable fashion brand. And, uh, you know, there's a long story to that. But what happened was that I realized gosh, it is so hard to start a clothing brand in a way that is sustainably and ethically made. And so after some success with that brand and selling it to my business partner, I started Factory 45 to help people who were just like me, who didn't have a fashion background, but had a really good idea for a product or apparel company and wanted to bring it to life in a way that doesn't harm people and planet. So since 2014, I've been running the Factory 45 program. Wow. It's funny. I feel like I've had a couple of conversations somewhat recently with basically people who have started clothing brands. And for me, that just sounds so, I'm like, wow, I have no idea where to start. <laughs> like, yeah. That just sounds, and because a lot of them too, it's like they, they've had none, no formal background, I guess, in like fashion or manufacturing something like this, but had a great idea for a product that they wanted to put out there. And that's always like the big thing that I'm so curious about is like, how did you know where to start? Like, how do you even like find fabrics or know how to get your like thing, like get your idea, like put together for the first time. So it sounds like that's kind of like what you, and and that's something that everyone's like, well, I Googled a lot and (laughs) kind of like figured everything out as I went. But then when I saw information about Factory 45, I was like, this looks like exactly what you actually need if you 
want to start something like that because you actually walk people through how to do it. Right. Am I right? Like that's kind of yes. what so that's for. We start from idea stage. Everyone always, you know, every year I get questions like, oh, I don't even have sketches or I don't have anything on paper. I haven't even started. I just have an idea in my head. And my answer is always, that's the perfect place to start. We really go from concept, like getting those ideas on on paper, getting a one-page business plan together, and then starting with sourcing fabric and materials. That's module one, because it's always the part of the process that takes the longest. Mm. Um, It's surprising how hard it can be to find the right fabric, especially when there's so many different fabrics out there. And then you add the sustainability piece of it, and that makes it even more difficult. So that's really where we start. And then it sort of snowballs from there. The program really uh, feeds into each other step by step. We go into building an audience because if there's one thing that or one mistake that people make, it's not building an audience before they launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've really, really focused on making sure that you have customers to launch to. Then we get into pre-production and product development. So, um, you know, connecting people with pattern makers and sample makers, you know, unlike fashion school where you're kind of learning how to draft patterns yourself and how to sew and create samples. My, my sort of philosophy is let's leave that to the experts. Um, and so that's why we work with sample makers and pattern makers who are already seasoned in industrial sewing. Then we get into e-commerce marketing, um, email marketing, social media marketing, content marketing. And then we end the program with raising money through pre-selling. Wow. So how long does it take? Is it like um, you're going through these modules all together with everybody else who's in the program and it's like a set time frame, or is it kind of like you work through it depending on how quickly you go through it as the participant? There's a suggested timeline so that I, I drip out the modules one by one, or, um, you know, you can go like I set a week to week schedule because what I find especially, you know, I've taken so many online programs myself and coaching programs is that when you're like bombarded with all the information at once, I think that makes sense for some programs, but for something like this, where there is sort of like this methodical, do this first, then do this, then do this. It just makes more sense to reduce overwhelm, um, to drip it out. So, um, yes, there is a suggested timeline and then you can adjust that to sort of fit you know, if you have a full-time job, if you have a family and you just can't be running your business or building your business full-time, then it's very much there to be catered to your lifestyle and the timeline that works for you. Wow. But theoretically, you could kind of go from idea to launch in like, what is your six months? Wow. That sounds so amazing. Like it just like cuts out all of that, all of that like research and just like unsureness that you probably Mm -hmm. have when you're usually going through trying to start a fashion brand. So that sounds so incredible that you're offering this to people. What, um, well, I just have to ask, because as you said, like the things that you're usually learning, like if you're doing it in school or whatever, did your, I know you said you started by starting your own fashion brand. So you have that firsthand experience. Did you, did you have that background of like, did you actually go to like school for fashion or something in that realm? Or was your experience kind of like the, the figuring it out yourself with no background kind of? No, 
I was a journalism major. Okay. <laughs> I, my, my then co-founder was a business major. We didn't have any background in fashion. If okay. anything, it was like the opposite. I like was a fast fashion bargain bin junkie. Like I would go to forever 21 and H and M and like in college, buy a dress, wear it once, throw it into the back of my closet. Like it was not interested in sustainability, was, didn't even know that fashion is such a damaging and detrimental industry. And so, yeah, I, I had to sort of learn it as I went. And that's, that's really what inspired Factory 45. It was like, this stuff really can't be Googled. And even if it can now, you know, there's, that was 10 years ago, you can Google it, but you're going to waste so much time, so much mm-hmm. money because it is, it's an industry like no other. It's so competitive and closed off and, and people don't really want to help you. Or if you're not you know, using the right terminology or asking the right questions in the right way, people won't respond to you. You know, it's just this complicated process. And so, yes, we, I, ha- I had to learn that the hard way. And now I'm, hope, you know, I work to hopefully um, make sure that other people don't have to learn it the hard way. Yeah. So, you know, exactly the things that people are running up against or the thing like, you know, you know, which things they don't know that they don't know because yes. you probably did that. You were exactly. there too. Where was that shift for you though? I'm curious because like, I totally, I totally relate to like being that fast fashion bargain hunter in college. Like mm-hmm. where was that shift for you when you were like, Oh, wait a minute, sustainability, like that's important when it comes to fashion. It was really through the process of like trying to set up a supply chain. You know, we were trying to find fabric and materials and a manufacturer. And then we started researching, you know, we like read some books and that sort of put, you know, switched a light bulb on. And then we're like, oh, wait, okay, well, if we're going to do this, you know, it's like kind of typical, like millennials, they want to change the world. (laughs) They want, they only want to like do, they want to be social impact entrepreneurs. That is very much how I was. I I very much committed to like, if I'm going to start a business, I'm going to do it in the right way. And it it was, you know, these little moments that happened that really snowballed and really it snowballed into so many different areas of my life um, Mm -hmm. from, you know, back then I couldn't afford sustainable fashion. So I thrifted, I, I shopped secondhand. Um, I started, now I'm a vegetarian slash vegan, you know, now I compost my food. It, it, it all kind of, uh, translated into many different areas of my life, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's something that a lot of us don't think about that much when it comes to fashion specifically, Mm -hmm. even if we are kind of aware or think that we are kind of aware of and being sustainable in other areas of life. I know that like when you see facts about fashion, it's like nuts, the things yeah. that like go into like a single piece of clothes or something like that. Water use, pesticides that are used to, you know, grow cotton, the waste, the amount of clothing we, we throw into landfills, yeah. the dye runoff that goes into rivers and waterways. I mean, there's like human, major human rights issues. It's yeah, it's a, it's a, I don't know, I guess the word a nice word would be complicated industry. I'll leave it at that. Yes, that's very diplomatic. So, <laughs> so is, is that something that you make sure people are really aware of before they get involved with Factory Forty Five? Is it? Do you feel like you kind of do you kind of attract people who care about that, or is it something that you're kind of teaching as part of the process and kind of encouraging them to make sure that they're making like 
smart decisions and kind of going the more sustainable route if they weren't necessarily planning to? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's a bit of both. There are people who are specifically attracted to Factory 45. You know, there are other fashion programs out there, courses, fashion school you can go to, but the people who really want to change the fashion industry or want to change the world through fashion are attracted to Factory 45 for those reasons of sustainability Mm -hmm. and ethics. Then I have other people who are maybe just more attracted to, you know, my messaging and what the, the, the launch strategy I teach, my philosophies, and they're not as knowledgeable about sustainability or not as committed to it. And I sort of guide them into like, okay, but I know you didn't really think about this, but here's how we could do this. You want to use polyester? What about recycled polyester? You know, just like sort of planting those seeds. And then by the end, you know, their sustainability is a very complex, nuanced um, word. And and there's no such thing as perfectly sustainable when it comes to the fashion industry. Anytime you're creating something new, it's going to have an environmental impact. But our goal through Factory 45 is to take those steps one step at a time to be as sustainable as possible. And then as the brand continues to grow, there are little ways that you can incorporate sustainability, whether that's through packaging or changing up, um, you know, buttons or notions, just little things like that, that um, we really just try to do um, one step at a time. Yeah. I like that. Cause if it's like, oh, you have to be entirely sustainable from stage one, it's like, that can just feel so overwhelming. And as you said, it's like probably impossible anyways, but even just kind of having that mindset, I think when it comes to anything is like, oh, wow, that's like, sounds so hard and it probably will be so expensive and so much Mm -hmm. like knowledge that I need to figure out. Like, but, but being like, you know what we're going to do is as best we can for now Mm -hmm. and take it step at a time and do better and better as we go. Like, I feel like that just makes it feel so much more like in reach, I guess, or like, like doable. Yes. And like, that's, you know, when I was starting my brand, we were purists, like we were absolute, like it it had to be as perfectly sustainable as possible. And it took us, you know, over a year to launch. So, Mm -hmm. so, and for multiple reasons, not just the sustainability piece, but yes, what I've learned is that it makes more sense to dial back a little bit. You can't sacrifice the product. Like you can't sacrifice the fit, the design, for the sake of sustainability and sustainability can never be used as a primary marketing tactic either. So again, just making sure that you're doing the best you can in whatever way that fits your brand. I'm curious, like once somebody goes through the whole program, like, do you kind of stay in touch with them about the brand and like, like what is your yeah, um, we, touch level, um, I guess, with that. Like, you must, ha- you must have so much like insight into like all these brands that you've worked with now. Yeah, it's it. That's one of my favorite parts. Um, is seeing a brand launch and then you know featuring them on Factory Forty Five social media. We have all a whole alumni stories page. Um, now we have a marketplace and ethical fashion marketplace where it, it's called Market Forty Five and it features just brands that have launched through Factory Forty Five. <laughs> And now we also have alumni mentors who are mentoring small groups throughout the program. Everyone who joins Factory 45 is matched up with a mentor. I very much, you know, it's a little bit harder now having done this for, you know, seven, eight years 
to um, keep track of every single brand, but um, as much as possible, I very much do try to stay in touch with everyone. That just seems so cool. Like to 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 be able to see like these such tangible brands and products and like lives that you've helped create through helping them launch these things. I feel like that must just be really, really, really cool to see. And then all the other people, all the people who get to buy the product and wear it, there's just so much kind of like ripple effect of what you've of what you've kind of done and created and helps people do. It is very cool. And it's like every time I go into my closet, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like right now I'm wearing a sweater by that was created by a factory 45 brand. So even those little things like day to day when I'm getting dressed, it is very cool. Yeah. So I have a couple questions based on the things that you've already said. One thing that stuck out to me that you said is that one of the, one of the things that people, um, mistakes, I guess that people make, or one of the things you have to be carefully thinking about before you're ready to launch is building up that audience base. I feel like that's something people struggle with in any business, any kind of, mm-hmm. anytime somebody's launching a brand, but what are some of the things that you like, how do you, what do you suggest people do in order to make sure that they do have that? And how do people start to build an audience for a fashion brand that hasn't yet, that doesn't really exist yet or hasn't launched yet? Yeah. This is something that I see every single year. It just hangs people up. Like they, I think feel paralyzed by this idea of what you said. Like I don't have product yet. I don't have a brand yet. I don't have anything to show for. So how am I going to start building an audience if I don't even have anything to sell? And my answer is always, this is the time before you have anything to sell to be building that community, you know, that this overused word of the tribe, but having that following that you are building and creating trust and a relationship so that by the time you are ready to launch, you have this fan base of you know potential customers who have been following your journey, who have been watching you on social media, have been reading your email newsletters, you know, have been watching your YouTube videos, listening to your podcast, whatever it is that you use as your content marketing strategy. And then when you do launch, they are just like there and ready and waiting and so excited to get this product that you have been sharing the creation of all along. And that's exactly what, you know, how I launched uh, my brand. We blogged about it. Again, this was back in 2010. So there really wasn't Instagram there. You know, thankfully we had way more organic reach on Facebook. So we did have a Facebook page, but we took everyone through that journey with us. And it, you know, it's a slow process of building your email list. It doesn't happen overnight, but I say to everyone, you know, every new subscriber is a potential customer. It's it's someone who can tell their best friend about your brand, who can share on social media, who can, you know, purchase the product once it's launched, whatever it is, um, to value those people one by one. And that's what creates a very, very loyal customer base when you are ready to sell. Yeah. I love that. And I think that makes so much sense. What you do have is that behind the scenes journey that you can share with them. And Which once people so see that, they feel so connected to you because they mm-hmm. feel like they've gotten a chance to know you throughout that whole process. And also that they like know your brand from the ground mm-hmm. up. They feel kind of like invested in it with you from, from following that whole process. Exactly. I think people underestimate how compelling the behind the scenes mm-hmm. story is. People love to see like 
oh, you got a sample back and it was nothing like the design that you had originally planned for and like the mistakes and the mishaps. They love hearing about that stuff because, you know, a lot of people, they're never going to start their own business. They may never want to start their own business, but it's interesting. It's intriguing to them. They can kind of live vicariously through you. So yeah, the behind the scenes, I think is pivotal to later success. Yeah, I think that's true too. And I, I think one of the things that can hang people up about something like that, like I have a PR agency, that's kind of my main thing. And mm-hmm. so we, you know, we're behind the scenes in a lot of marketing with different brands. And one thing that people sometimes I think have this misconception of is like, I need to launch with everything looking perfect and polished. Yes. And like, I know I, nobody can ever see that we ran into snags along the way or that mm-hmm you know, that the sample did come back, not looking the way we wanted, because then they're going to think that it's not high quality enough or not worth their money or that we didn't know what we're doing every step of the way. But it's like, nobody knows what they're doing every step of starting for starting a business. And people do really connect to that. And knowing that you've been really open and honest with it along the way is going to make people more inclined. Yeah. To to actually believe that you've created the best product once you're ready to actually sell it because you've been open about it the whole time. They know that you're not going to sell them that, you know, the thing that didn't come out right. You worked on it until it was like exactly what you wanted to sell and what they want. And and yeah, just everything we said about it, it makes them that much more connected. But I know sometimes people are like kind of scared to show that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's getting past that that perfectionism that is really imposter syndrome or, you know, it's a form of procrastination and it's tough. Mm -hmm. Like I get it. I'm a perfect, I'm a recovering perfectionist is what I say. But um, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. What um, I I imagine too, that going through something like, like starting your business in this kind of like course setting gives people a little bit of that like feeling that they're not totally alone in starting the business. Like, is there kind of some kind of camaraderie between the different people going through the modules at the same time? Or, yeah. yeah. One of the things that I love the most about the program is when I hear like, I met my best friend through Factory 45 or like, Mm. I, you know, I've gone to one of my Factory 45 entrepreneurs weddings. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a huge part of it. Um, Not only, you know, I I know a lot of online programs have like the Facebook community. We do have that, but it's more the small group mentorship. It's the partnerships. Like we have have two Factory 45 grads right now that are doing a collaboration. One is a size-inclusive brand up to size 26, and the other is an activewear brand. And they are collaborating on a um, size inclusive uh, line of leggings. So just like bringing partnerships together like that, it's a really, really cool part of the program. Yeah, that's, I feel like that, just having that feeling like community and like getting to know other people who are kind of along in the trenches with you as you're getting it started, that in itself feels like such a bonus to doing something like this because one thing that everybody always says, you know, when I talk to them for episodes of this podcast or just like in general is like entrepreneurship can be so lonely and starting something, you know, nobody knows what they're doing when they're first starting. 
So having people to bounce things off of having that kind of community of other people who are going along with it, kind of in the same stages as you, as you're going through it, that seems like makes, it seems like it would make the whole thing worth it. Like if nothing, you know, disregarding everything else that you get out of the course, like having that seems like such a plus. Yeah. And then you throw in the alumni mentors portion of that. Like you are literally working every day with someone who is doing what you want to do. Like these people are still running their sustainable fashion brands and that's what you want to do. Um, and there are people who have told me just the alumni mentors are worth the cost of the program mm-hmm. in itself. So, um, oh yes, all the entire community, um, I think in any entrepreneurial journey is a very uh, valuable asset. Yeah. So tell me um, when it comes to like the behind the scenes of you creating this program, like, what does that look like? Just like your kind of creation of it. Obviously you've been doing it now for a couple of years or for several years. Do you like update it as you go, like every year as like new things happen, or it was it kind of like you created it one time and then you've, it's just worked and you keep going with it. And I don't know. I'm just curious about like your kind of like behind the scenes business of running this. You know, we've talked a lot about how the whole point of this business is to get other businesses launched and off the ground, but I'm curious, like how some of the behind the scenes of running this as a business for you looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm constantly updating. I think again, any online course or program, you have to be updating and adding to it and changing things because the land, like even the landscape of marketing changes so quickly or social media. So, um, yep, I'm in the process right now of redoing the entire course. And then even when I'm not necessarily like redoing the course itself, I am either, you know, adding the alumni mentorship portion of the program, which was just added last year, or I'm changing sort of like the methods of support so that people are more likely to move forward and to get the help they need in the easiest way possible. It's constant, like receiving feedback from participants or my students, and then, um, you know, like reiterating and making sure that, that it's the best program it can possibly be. Cause that's my goal is to, you know, to make sure that factory 45 remains head above the rest in terms of fashion education, especially when it comes to, you know, business education for fashion entrepreneurs, you, you have fashion school and that's great, but they don't necessarily teach you how to run a business. And so that's really my goal is making sure that I don't care if you know how to draft a pattern. I don't think that's the most important thing. I do care if you know how to launch, raise money, you know, create a brand go through the social media marketing, email marketing. That's what I'm focused on making sure that all of my entrepreneurs know how to do. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And what is that like feedback process look like? Cause that sounds really like a really important <laughs> part yeah. of the process. Do you have like a set, like feedback process for asking for like thoughts on how things have been, or do you just kind of like have natural conversations with people as they are going through or finish the program? It's definitely both. I'm having conversations all throughout the program. You know, people have very, um, they have access to me. So it's, Mm -hmm. they can tell me, you know, I couldn't do this or I couldn't find this. But then at the end, there is like a more formalized survey where people can actually like anonymously say what they would have liked to see more of or what they would change or what, you know, what they liked, what they didn't like. So yeah, it's, it's a kind of a two-part process. Yeah, that's a really good idea to have a good, a big survey at the end that people can 
give their thoughts so you, you can yeah. kind of see if people are off like kind of saying the same types of things like oh maybe that's something we should add more to or something like yes, that exactly what does your kind of day-to-day look like when or when not the <laughs> courses are actually in session because I know you said like you're it's launching again in May so like it's not on all the time so yeah, yeah what does the behind the scenes of like your day-to-day look like I guess and you can say either when when you are kind of when the course is like in motion or or not or both whatever so well one thing is I live half the year in Boston and half the year in San Diego so oh. that's an interesting component and I have a three-year-old so that's the other thing and a mm-hmm. husband um so there's no real data there's no general day-to-day yeah, right? I was gonna say like how do I even answer this yeah, I mean no, when, I, when, mean, when I, I don't have an answer for that question. It's probably <laughs> unfair of me to ask. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, it's really like my son's in preschool. So I have kind of, you know, my nine to four um, time to work. And then it's a combination of like, it's always marketing, always, always, always. And working with my social media manager, um, it's connecting with my director of mentorship. It's uh, working with my creative director on like web updates. Um, I have a graphic designer who I'm working with to uh, redo all of the videos in the program. And then I also have a podcast. So it's like recording. I have a YouTube channel. So that's... So it's, I think it's like, there is definitely no average day, but somehow I'll be sitting here like most of the time at my desk from nine to four every day. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of, a lot of marketing content and just constantly updating the course materials and stuff. That's a lot to keep you busy. That's when I'm not. Yeah. And that's when I'm not in session or in the program. And obviously during the program, I'm working the main focus is on my entrepreneurs. And um, that's when I take a little bit of a backseat with the marketing component for my own business. And I'm focused on their businesses. Yeah, that makes sense. How many, I mean, this doesn't really matter. I'm just curious. How many people are usually going through it at the same, at like one time? It's usually around 120 people. Oh, wow. That's, that's huge. I wasn't expecting that. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because it doesn't really seem like when we're in it, we have our system down so well that it doesn't really seem like a lot. Like It's, it's just not overwhelming. And especially yeah. because I have, you know, nine to 11 alumni mentors who are working with small groups. It very much um, feels like this individual kind of customized program for the students, um, but it's very much in a way that is manageable for me and for the mentors as well. Yeah, that's that's cool. What what do you say? What would you say is like working with obviously all those people and like throughout the years? Are there anything you've noticed as like like common threads of like the most important like qualities or I don't know different things yeah. about people who have made them who have become more successful in their brands or who have like really gone far with what they've created. Yeah. So every year my family and friends always ask me like because factory 45 is an application process. So I'm always, you know, during applications I'm breathing these new ideas and product ideas mm-hmm. and so my family and friends will ask me, you know, like what ideas are you most excited about this year? Which products do you think are going to be the most successful? And my answer is always like I have no idea what product Hmm. is going to be most successful. Like I could have never predicted that Crocs would be like a multi whatever million or billion dollar business. Like the common thread I see for success is the entrepreneurs who have the ability to take action. And that is something that 
cannot be taken for granted. Again, with the perfectionism, with the, with the procrastination, with just the imposter syndrome, holding yourself back. If you can take action, if you can take one step forward, one step in front of the other, those are the people that are going to be successful, launch their brands and see lasting success. Because if one thing doesn't work, if they experiment with one thing and that doesn't work, these are the people who will say, all right, that didn't work. We're going to try something else. And they're going to pivot or they're going to iterate, whatever it is. And then to be more specific, just for people who are listening, who may have an idea for a clothing or accessories brand, the successful brands I see on the market now are the ones who start niche. So they have a niche target market. They don't try to appeal to everyone. They focus really on that specific ideal customer, that niche target market. And then the other component of that is that they aim to solve a problem. They're not trying to just be another t-shirt company or another t-shirt collection. They aim to solve a problem for their customer. It doesn't have to be the most like world-changing problem. It could just be, you know, I want to make petite women under 5'4 feel more beautiful when they get dressed in the morning, whatever it is, but that they aim to solve a specific problem. That's such valuable insight, I feel like. And I think that's that. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like hearing you say it, it's like, yeah, that totally makes sense that those people would be successful. But it's really interesting to hear you say that based on all these people that you've seen go through this and what you've seen them be able to create. Totally see how people who take action, I think in anything, people who just are not afraid to take action and keep taking action until until they've gotten somewhere, that is definitely a key to success, I think. What what do you think is the first thing if like somebody listening to this is is interested in starting a fashion brand, what's like the first step that you think people should look into? Or like um, your advice for what they best advice for like what you what you would say to somebody who wants wants to first get started? Yeah, I would say like finding a one-page business plan template on the Factory 45 website or somewhere else. I would say just start getting some initial business concepts on paper. You know, again, who is your niche target market? What problem are you solving? How are you going to go to market? Where are you going to sell? Where are your where's your target market hanging out online? Sort of get those preliminary questions down. Um, and and to remember like those answers can always change. They should change. Like your brand and your business should always be evolving. Mm-hmm. But I think once you can get something tangible on paper, it starts to make it more real. Same goes for sketches or designs. You do not have to be an artist. You do not have to be a fashion designer. Through the Factory 45 program, I literally teach people how to create a spec sheet for production with even if you like cannot draw at all. I can't draw. So um, it very much does not need to be perfect. It just needs to be, you know, your sketch communicates measurements, placement of whether it's pockets or buttons or zippers, whatever it is, to just get that on paper as well. And then to start reaching out um, to fabric suppliers, because as I said earlier, that's the part Mm -hmm. of the process that takes the longest. I have a bunch of YouTube videos up on the Factory 45 YouTube channel to help you get started with sourcing fabric. So that's where I would start. Yeah. That's another thing that kind of goes hand in hand with taking action, right? Is I feel like people sometimes spend years come like trying to like perfect the business plan or like Mm -hmm. what their plan of action is going to be thinking that 
that they have to decide something that's going to be as it is forever. Like this is going to be like set in stone for the business and the brand and that it's never going to like that. It should never change. And in reality, I think like having that freedom to know that it it is going to change over time and that's fine. And that's probably good. And to just start with something that at least speaks to you for now and can get you to take the first step beyond that. That's the action that you need. Yes. A hundred percent. What do you think for, again, back to like for you as a, as a business owner, what are kind of your keys to success? What do you think has made you be able to get to where you are right now? Oh my gosh. That's a hard question to answer. It's a good question. Um, the same thing. It's like the ability to take action. You know, I could like hem and haw all day long over fonts and copy and photos and and I do sometimes, but for the most part, it's just like being able to make a decision and move forward with it. And then I think that the marketing piece, like I, I feel like I'm always either joining a coaching program or joining a course or, and just really always trying to improve my own skills um, and knowledge about marketing and whatever it is, not even marketing, but anything that will help me. And then that education that I can pass on to my entrepreneurs through the program. You know, like I'm working right now with a coach who is, you know, probably one of the premier women's entrepreneurship coaches in the world. It's a very expensive investment, but I know by working with this coach that I'm going to learn all these things that I can then pass on to my entrepreneurs. And so it just like doubles the value. It it, it just makes sure that I'm always creating the best possible experience for my entrepreneurs. And that in itself will keep me in business because they're going to tell their friends about it, or they're going to tell their mastermind or whatever it is after they graduate Factory 45. And um, that word of mouth marketing is, uh, I think, still the leading referral source and um, just so important to any business. Yeah, totally. It's a, it brings a a multiply compounded return on inve- on your investment mm-hmm. for any of the kind of professional development things you do because you know that it's going to also help your entrepreneurs and your everything that's everything that's attached to everything you do and then you're going to have an even more successful business through that and yeah that word of mouth so important and probably the best thing you can do is make sure that everybody has the best experience that they can with the best results possible. Exactly. So what's one thing that you wish you had known more about personally when you first started your the business? My business currently or well, the I guess brand. either one. Your first maybe your first business. Well, yeah. I don't know. Either one. <laughs> either one. Your first business or the you know this factory 45. Uh I think it's that I think I'm still trying to like convince myself of this, but that you're never going to feel like you've reached the end or like you're there or you've made it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that there's this like illusion in entrepreneurship that like, okay, well, when I reach this, when I launch this product, or if I reach this number in revenue, or if I hire this many people, then I'll, then I'll be there. I'll I'll know that I made it or that I'll be satisfied or I'll feel like successful. Um, and it really, it's always going to be something else. And that's, I think the nature of entrepreneurship is you reach one milestone and then you just want to reach the next one and that's okay. 
Yeah. And you always kind of start, it always overlaps just slightly. Right. So it's like, as soon as you're about to reach one, you start having an idea of something else you want to do so that you're never going to feel like you've gotten to that moment. It's like the, yeah, it's a blessing and the curse of entrepreneurship. I think that there's totally never that full moment of like, yes, I've done it. Oh yeah, no, that's good though. Um, any last word of advice or thing that you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs? As they start their journey or go along it alongside you? Yeah, I guess I would just say to anyone listening, again, who has an idea for a fashion or accessories brand, I have so many free resources on the Factory 45 blog, on my YouTube channel. Um, You can sign up to my email list. I send out free weekly fashion advice um, every Wednesday. And then if you are interested in working with me directly, applications to Factory 45 open on May 6th. And um, I'm actually teaching a free four-day workshop leading up to that on May 3rd. So that would be one way to just, you know, get some free education, get to know me um, and get started building your sustainable fashion brand. Oh, that's amazing. So what you said, applications open on May 4th and then when do... May 6th. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Applications open on May 6th. And so then how long is like that application process open for and or when does it actually begin? Yeah. So the applications are open from May 6th to May 20th. And then the program officially kicks off on June 1st. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. This should, I think that this would definitely go live before then. So hopefully people can be listening right now and take advantage of that. And if you're interested in starting a fashion brand, like why not apply? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to get to know you more. Okay. So can you share where people exactly can find you online, where they can connect with you and, or like go for those applications or anything else? Sure. So my website is factory45.co. And then you can also connect with me. I'm pretty active on Instagram um, at factory45co. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on here today. I feel like this was a really, really good conversation. Thank you, Alessandra. It was fun to be here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes so other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on this show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes. If you have questions or ideas for a future episode, or you want to submit a guest or to see those show notes, you can do all of that online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. One other thing, join other listeners on Facebook and Instagram by searching female millennial entrepreneurs and joining us there. Talk to you soon and see you there.